She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens Till her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her family So over the bridge from Flushing to the Sheffield's door She was there to sell makeup but the father saw more She had style, she had flair, she was there That's how she became the nanny Now the father finds her beguiling One child CC And the kids are actually smiling She's the lady in red When everybody else is wearing tan The flashy girl from Flushing The nanny named Fran Seven, a James Bond podcast coming to you again today for another episode on No Time to Die. What a movie. We've loved it. We've seen it so many times in the year and a half that it's been out. We just can't stop podcasting about it. We are just blown away by the quality and the amazingness and just... I mean, it's it's up the 15 Oscars. It won, swept all the Golden Globes. Who would have thought a James Bond movie would have absolutely dominated that way. Oh, wait, hang on. I've got a note here from our production manager, Sven. Oh, no, we're not doing that. Sven. Sven. Yeah, we hired him recently. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry, wrong, wrong, wrong episode. We're here to finally, the long-awaited episode you've all been waiting for that we seemingly delay all the single time that makes no sense but neither does this movie it's the beautician and the beast Uh, we're continuing on our podcast series looking at movies from the actors who play james bond that aren't james bond movies and we're up to timothy dalton colin's excited his his favorites do the dalton and we do the (laughs) iconic movie beautician and the beast starring timothy dalton fran dresser in her film debut and directed by Ken Quappus. And this is a this is a movie that I feel was just out of all the ones when we said, okay, we're gonna do Bond movie well actors, Bond actors, movies done by them outside of Bond. I feel this was the one that outside of Zardos that we were literally like, this is what we're doing. Because mm. apparently Fran Drescher became a thing on this show, even though she's never remotely <laughs> closely appeared to being in James Bond. Uh, go back and listen to, I think it was our World Is Not Enough commentary to find out how that became a thing. So when you mix a James Bond with Fran Drescher, <laughs> you have to do this movie and it's The Beautician and the Beast. And I think we might be the first ever podcast to ever cover The Beautician <laughs> and the Beast. And if we are, I'm proud to own that distinction because this is going to be a fun episode. My name is Ben and all I want to do is have sex. Sex, sex, and more sex. I knew that would be your quote. Uh, <laughs> my name is Colin, and you have the temper of an eight-year-old. Your own children are scared to death of you, and you hit girls. Tell me when I'm getting warm. I was thinking of using that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, clearly I love how, you know, with Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton, it's all Lisa Jacob quotes that we're using in this uh, opening. <laughs> um, so. Oh, of course. <laughs> Robbed of oh, a Canada. Girl. We Rob- stand on guard for thee. 
<laughs> she was great in Mrs. Doubtfire. She was great in, in Independence Day. Day. <laughs> um, and then she was in The Beautician and the Beast. So good for her. Um, and now I think she works at Denny's, if I'm right. <laughs> I saw her the other day. Uh, <laughs> I said, how you doing, Lisa? About to watch you this weekend. Go, Beautician and the Beast. I remember watching this and loving this movie as a kid. I think it was either on TV or I, I rented it. Um, and I even vaguely remember it coming out. But I always liked it. And I, I might even say I saw this before I saw any Timothy Dalton Bond movie. So to me, Timothy Dalton was that guy from Beautician and the Beast, not as a James Bond. Um, but I hadn't seen it in such a long time. I weirdly again enjoyed it, but having said that, this isn't a great movie. But it's not a, like it's it's not Zardoz. It's not a terrible no. movie. It's it's innocent fun. It's just it's such a '90s movie that was clearly a star vehicle for Fran Drescher to try and get into movies. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen a sitcom star from the '90s star in. Hello to half the cast of Friends. Um, <laughs> Ed can Matt LeBlanc ever live down Ed? But sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I love this as much as I did as a kid, but I didn't hate this movie. It's fine. And can I just say right now, Timothy Dalton, this is what, eight years removed from his time as James Bond? He could still be Bond. He's looking great. He, yeah. He's he's like, I put, put him next to Pierce Brosnan in Tomorrow Never Dies, same year came out. Like, they're on par looking exactly the same here. Timothy Dalton's aged very well. He should possibly still be Bond at this period. But I know still you, to this day, right? <laughs> Mr. Pricklepants and everything. Um, <laughs> but how did you fare, Colin? This is a movie that I'm assuming you probably hate. I don't know. It's got Timothy Dalton. It's got the nanny. Um, <laughs> it's got bad accents. It's got not much of a plot. So is this going to be a case of, girl, I'm Colin. I hate this movie. Or am I going to be pleasantly surprised? Girl, I'm Colin, and I don't mind this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, it's a win. <laughs> You know, it's funny because uh, I never saw this before. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Uh, I had probably, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw License to Kill before I really knew that Bond was a thing. Uh, it was just on TV and probably knew who Timothy Dalton was when this movie came out, that he was a Bond. Because I remember that being one of the big talking points, maybe almost as much as Fran Drescher has her own movie was, oh, and Timothy Dalton is in it. Uh, but uh, never saw it when it originally came out. Didn't really have an interest in seeing it. And I... Now, 24 years later, are we? Um, yes. I'm, I'm going to say I'm pleasantly surprised that uh, I didn't hate this movie. It was it was not bad. And I, I do have to say, you know, as much as I don't care for Dalton's portrayal as Bond, I've never had a problem with him in anything else I've ever seen him in. Uh, this is the beginning of the Timothy Dalton that we're going to get over the next 24 years. Cause I don't know if he had ever laughed before. I'm certainly not realistically. We covered his, his bad laughs and smiles in the, the bond franchise, but uh, comedy is really his thing. Like I'm going to, I'm going to put him in the Chris Hemsworth category. Like he probably was very uncomfortable doing the Daniel Craig. It's the exact same thing was very uncomfortable with comedy. But once he actually did comedy, you realize he kind of has a knack for it. And I, I think this might be next to Hot Fuzz and Mr. Pricklepants, my favorite Timothy Dalton role I've ever seen. <laughs> it's actually interesting because over on the Oz Network, download now on all good podcast platforms, we'll be doing Space Jam, uh, you know, very soon in the lead up to the Space Jam 2. And of course, Space Jam 2 was meant to be Looney Tunes back in action. 
connection, which of course has Timothy Dalton playing Brendan Fraser's dad, which is just orgasms for us, right? <laughs> and again, that's another movie that I loved as a kid. I haven't seen in a while, but I always remember Timothy Dalton being really good in that movie as well. So um, I don't think outside of this and Toy Story franchise, I've really seen him in anything comedic. I've not seen Hot Fars. I've, you know, I can't sort of say what he's like in that. But yeah, and I mean... It's, it's kind of interesting when you see the Bond actors in something else. You always, you know, oh, Pierce Brosnan's in something, you know, Sean Connery, all these ones. Timothy Dalton's kind of the one where often you, he'll be in something and I don't even realise he's in it. I'm like, oh, that's Timothy Dalton. He was James yeah. Bond, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Old buddy. Looking good. <laughs> um, but do the Dalton. Do the Dalton. Um, but it always makes me happy when I get to hear you talk about um, positive things about Timothy Dalton, even though it's got nothing you know, to do with him as James Bond. Along, that, <laughs> along those notes, um, was not a fan of Fran Drescher at the time the nanny was originally on the air. Uh, I, I think that uh, I, I misinterpreted, hey, she's really obnoxious, she's really loud, she's really annoying, and took that too literally instead of realizing she's very funny at being loud and obnoxious, and that's kind of the act. Yeah. And so it wasn't until probably even a few years ago where I actually caught the nanny when it was on, they started airing it on TV. I'm like, you know, this actually isn't a bad show and I kind of get her humor now. So uh, I, I think this is, they are the oddest combination in movie history. I, I struggle to think about any other two actors in a romantic comedy that should be more mismatched than Fran Drescher and Timothy Dalton but I think that their chemistry is incredible together. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I, I will mention, I think, if I just said that this is Fran Drescher's first movie, it's her first starring role in a movie, I should say. she. I mean, she was in Saturday Night Fever. She was in Jack. She was in you know, lots of things. Uh, Jack, such an underrated movie, Jack. But mm-hmm. uh, her first starring role in a movie. And I I grew up loving The Nanny. I, I You know, 90s kid, watching all these sitcoms. You know, I, like you, I watch Home Improvement. Remember the nanny, Friends. I mean, I was never a Seinfeld kid, but uh, mad about I'm you, mad about you. I yeah, I like mad about you. Um, I was a bit too young for Frasier, but you'd watch it every now and then. And then like you and I have joked a lot about those sort of random uh, sitcoms starring like a, a, a lead, like Jesse and Veronica's Closet and Caroline in the City, yeah. suddenly Susan. You know, all those type of ones I always really liked as well. But I remember the nanny was just we would go to my grandma's for dinner on a Sunday night. And I'm pretty sure it was The Nanny followed by Home Improvement or maybe the other way around. Like they were both back to back on the same network in Australia. So it was kind of just like a thing on a Sunday night. You'd go to my grandma's house and you'd watch The Nanny in Home Improvement. And it was just, it was fun. And I always loved uh, Fran Drescher. I just thought she was just fun. And like, she just, she seems like a natural, like this, this type of role fits her so well, where it's just, she's kind of that obnoxious New Yorker with kind of the annoying yeah. family who gets, you know, taken from Queens and put into like a luxurious situation. Because let's be honest, this movie is the nanny. And you said it yeah. off there. It's the nanny goes to Europe. It, yeah. it is literally the plot of the nanny. And I mean, this. we'll talk about it briefly now. And at the end, this movie got ripped into. It was not a success. It got nominated for Golden Razzies. Uh, it was not, you know, something that basically people wanted to remember at the time. But just a slight teaser to the end of this episode, for something that really wasn't fondly thought of at the time in 1997, 24 years later, it seems to be something that a lot of people still want to remember and talk about <laughs> when it comes to some other things that we might have planned in the future for this movie, um, which mm. I kind of like because... You know, for a movie that... Like, I like it when there's a bomb and some people obviously stand up and like, no, like, just because the critics and nobody went and saw it, like, I'm proud of that project. 
So yeah. it's it's going to be it's it's interesting. Did you go back and ever like rewatch the nanny when you saw bits of it? Is it something you would go back and watch completely, or you just you couldn't? No, I've I've never seen it all the way through. Um, I think it was uh, a couple of years ago when we got Amazon Prime. I I checked it out again and again. Watch various episodes here and there. Like I said prior to that, when it was on TV, I checked it out. But I I I would argue I'd say maybe. 15 20 episodes is what i've seen of the nanny that's probably about the gist of what you need to know (laughs) (laughs) maybe five to ten might be the gist even (laughs) yep i don't know if you ever watched californication but i remember in the very first episode um you know famously david Duchovny's character basically picks up this girl has sex with her and then you find out five minutes later it's like the daughter of his ex-wife's new boyfriend or something like that and she's underage it's like whoa okay um, and I remember watching that first episode going like, who is she? She's, she's really attractive. And like, you know, you, she's fully naked, everything you're like, whoa. And then all of a sudden you realize it's the little girl from the nanny and you're like, whoa, she grew up. <laughs> 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 and you're kind of disturbed that you're like, oh, did I say she was attractive? She's always that little girl from the nanny. Um, I wonder, is it the same one that was on here? There was one, I think one of the kids from the nanny was on heroes, I believe. Uh yeah, that's a good question. I it's been a long time since I which series I gave up. Of I, I was everyone. I gave oh. up halfway through the second season. Come on, everyone did. Yeah, I mean, there's the first season, and then there's the rest of them. Um, yep. uh, let's see here. Madeline Zima is that yeah, the yeah. one? Yep, yep, that's the one. Yeah, Madeline she was on Zima. Heroes. I think uh, that would have been season four, maybe of Heroes. I think she's the only one because when we talked over on the Oz Network, uh, which might not have aired by now, but we're going to be talking to a, a guy, <laughs> Aaron Swartz from the Mighty Ducks. And we were talking about uh, the kid from the nanny being in the Mighty Ducks took his role in the third one, Benjamin Salisbury. Uh, and then, yeah, Madeline Zima. And then Nicole Tom, the older daughter, was she in Beethoven? I feel. She was, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, this isn't the nanny Oz 7. This is double Oz 7. <laughs> so apparently we're... <laughs> this is double Oz 7 <laughs> and we're, we're talking about Fran Drescher, by the way. <laughs> she does this to us. She just, just has this this trance over us that we have to... We're talking about Timothy Dalton here. Come on, do the Dalton. Um, oh, Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Ken Quappus. I, I don't know if it's Quappus, Quappus. Quappus. Um, Maybe Quapus sounds like that in a New York accent. Quapus. Quapus. Mr. Quapus. Um, <laughs> now, best known today for possibly he's just not that into you, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. I feel movies that did okay. Um, but mm-hmm. before this, Dunstan checks in. Uh, <laughs> he said, she said, uh, vibes follow. I remember Dunstan checks in. This is going back to my point about Ed with Matt LeBlanc. This was his 90s obsession with uh, monkeys uh yeah eric lloyd was in dunstan checks in so uh you know had the connection to some other stuff we've covered on our on our shows but uh were you a dunstan checks in fan colin nope never saw it um you you did miss one of his first films ever though his his first uh (laughs) foray into talking animals uh, the big screen bomb that was the Big Bird movie, Follow That Bird. Of course. How could I forget? Uh, <laughs> follow That Bird. Um, yeah, I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> Did, what happens when you follow that bird? Do you get taken to Sesame Street? or? I think even as a child, I didn't make it through Follow That Bird, sad yeah. to say. What but, was... you know, it, his, his filmography is interesting because he's one of the few directors who seems to... Uh, completely almost 50 50 balance doing movies and tv Mm. uh and it's not like he just stopped directing movies and got into tv like a lot of other directors out there 
I mean, he he made a movie in 2015 with Robert Redford, Nick Nolte, and Emma Thompson, A Walk in the Woods. Uh, I do remember that movie. Uh, and then he did a lot of work on uh, The Office. And uh, even uh, I mentioned to you, probably directed maybe one of the most famous episodes of Parks and Recreation ever. Uh, I'm curious why he only did the one episode of Parks and Recreation, but uh, still continues to do TV as well. So lots of TV. And is working on Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants Part 3. Oh, Stop press. We need to get into that. Um, I think he was also heavily involved in Malcolm in the Middle, and then um, I also think he had a lot to do with the Bernie Mac show because I know when they that sort of came out, we I used to watch that just because they were like, oh, from the creators of Malcolm in the Middle or whatever it is. Um, he did a bit of ER as well. So yeah, like he's he sort of fixed there. He's just not that into you. I mean, I've not quite seen it. Uh, License to Wed. I feel I've seen License that one. License to Wed. That's a Robin Robin Williams, Williams film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Can't quite say I've seen the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants. Not quite, uh, not yeah. quite there yet on the Ken Quackers Jamie, uh, filmography. Jamie, Jamie insisted. Trust me, you will like this movie. <laughs> and it finished. And she's like, "Do you want to watch the sequel?" I'm like, "How do they get a sequel out of this pair of pants?" Yeah, how do these pants keep traveling? Like, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, this this movie was basically conceived as in the Beautician and the Beast. Um, as the star vehicle for for Fran Drescher, it was kind of done, pitched out there as um, a movie for her to to get into to film film work. Uh, more so, more of a starring role. As I said, she'd been in films, um, and kind of go from there. Because again, it was it was we always have these tropes and sort of trends, don't we? Uh, and like we live in this golden age of TV now, where all these movie stars and you know that come into TV. But like the '90s, it was the opposite. It was all about the TV star yeah. trying to break into the movies. And it mm-hmm. really didn't work because it was kind of the Friends curse was well known in the 90s of that none of these actors, like you look, it's easy to look at Jennifer Anderson now, one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood. But I mean, in the 90s, she had some absolute turkeys. Was Picture Perfect hers or was that Courtney Picture, Cox? Yeah, that was her. Um, yeah. Well, what a Courtney Cox. She had the Scream movies, but again, that wasn't like and Courtney Cox in Scream. Yeah. yeah. But as far as like this, like you mentioned, the starring vehicles, I mean, I'm struggling to think outside of Tim Allen, if anybody really had success branching into movies. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, okay, Helen Hunt's maybe a bit of an anomaly because she obviously, yeah. she won an Oscar. Uh, you know, she was in Twister, you know, so she kind of is definitely one. Um, but yeah, you're right, Tim Allen. I mean, I can think of like, yeah, David Schwimmer was what, the Paul Bearer? Matthew, I mean, Matthew Perry had, uh, what, nine yards? Fools rush in? Yeah, well, that Bruce Willis one, the whole nine yards, I guess that's Oh, yeah, right. the whole nine yards. Uh, Le- uh, Lisa Kudrow, I think, didn't she have, um, wasn't she an Analyze This? So she did okay. And, and was she? Um, oh, what's Romy and High Show, Michelle's High School Reunion? High School Reunion, yeah. Cult sort of one. But maybe it was just the men. Because, yeah, David Schwimmer bombed. Matt LeBlanc, I mean, Lost in Space, he got ripped a new one, even though I'll defend him in that. Um, yeah, but yeah, but even like yeah, the nanny. Uh, you know, obviously outside of Fran Drescher, we've mentioned a few people, but other '90s stars, I can't even think of other big ones. So anyway, but I mean, Timothy Dalton in the years that followed Bond. Uh, I mean, we talked about some of the other ones that we were looking at potentially doing sort of with him. And again, this is, we're not going to give up. Like this is, we're not only doing one per actor. We'll probably reset the clock and choose different ones from each of the actors as well. Um, but I mean, had you, you, you mentioned sort of, you know, License to Kill might've been the first thing. Had, are there anything else that you can think of between License to Kill and 
Beautician and the Beast that you had seen him in or even have seen him in kind of because, you know, because we, we obviously with each of the actors we've done so far, you know, they've been in different periods. Obviously, Sean Connery was sort of post-Bond. Lazenby was, you know, very close to Bond and obviously Roger Moore, this is before Bond when we did the man who wasn't knew too much or whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> man who haunted himself. <laughs> thank you. I can't remember. <laughs> I've yeah. these things out. So had you seen much? Because he, he, he did a few. The no. Rocketeer was one. The King's Whore. I'm sure you're a fan of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely saw The Rocketeer growing up, although I don't think I remember anything about the movie still to this day. Um, the only other thing that he made, I think prior to when he sort of discovered comedy, uh, was, um, his first movie, The Lion in Winter, which is a movie with Catherine Hepburn and Peter O'Toole. Uh, I remember seeing that after I'd gotten into Bond and that one's kind of interesting because he was, I'm trying to think how old would he be at that point? Maybe very early twenties. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah. He would have been like 22 years old when he made The Lion in Winter. And that was made just prior to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And I'm sure we've discussed on here before that uh, George Lazenby is who they went with. But one of the actors that they were looking at potentially to replace Sean Connery was Timothy Dalton. They just said, oh, he's too young. Uh, It would have been interesting to see what he would have done with the 60s, 70s material. Uh, I actually think it may have suited him more than what they tried to do in the, the 80s. But, uh, you know, going all the way back there, I, you could see potential for him to be Bond one day. Again, like, I, I, I dislike his portrayal as Bond, but I, I don't see that he could never have become a great Bond. I think that's the one thing I, I really want to, to emphasize because I, I don't know if it was on our commentary of License to Kill or maybe it was our recap. Uh, I said, I think that if he had had a third movie, he really would have grown into the role. Uh, Roger Moore is a perfect example that, you know, I don't think that he was at his best until he got to Spy Who Loved Me. And that was what his third movie. Um, I definitely think that, you know, he's, he he had material that was more suited to him for the first two movies. But uh, you know, th- there's there's always a chance that Timothy Dalton could have gone on to become a great Bond, just not in Living Daylights and License to Kill, in my opinion. It, 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 does, it did blow me away, though, in this film, how good he looks. I mean, he... Yeah, well, he was 50. Like, this is the same age Pierce Brosnan was in Die Another Day. Yeah, and as much as I love Die Another Day, uh, I will say that there are definitely moments in that movie where Brosnan looks old. Um, but mm. I don't think Dalton looks old at all in this movie. Like, moustache or no moustache, he looks incredible. Mm. And, like, yeah, obviously we, we didn't get that third Bond film and, you know, I don't want to ever take away from Brosnan as Bond, but... Yeah, like, I mean, had we got, like, a 1992, 1993 Bond film and still had the Brosnan era unchanged, yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been very, very interesting. We would have had Bond 25 by now, literally. <laughs> We'd have yes. to Bond 26, you know. <laughs> uh, just quickly, we are we are planning, I think. Uh, we're, we've actually sat down and done a bit of a schedule because we have some, you know, pretty exciting special interviews, interviews coming up. So we'll, we'll talk about it at the end of this episode. Uh, and we are planning on doing an episode soon. Uh, I think we're just going to call it Waiting for No Time to Die. Because uh, I feel like we probably should do another episode. I mean, we've already broken the Spectre records of No Time to Die episodes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if we really break the news. But it's still not out yet, just um, just to clarify that. In case anybody didn't notice. Yeah, in case anyone didn't notice. Uh, before we get into it, um, I, I did mention Die Another Day, so I should play this. Thank you. Um, Must you? <laughs> Hey, I played it what like thirty odd times last time. I, I, I won't. I, I'm not doing you know, that. From now again. on, I'm gonna I'm gonna start encouraging you because you were like, oh, that was way too much work. Come on, play it again, Ben. You heard it right here. Oh, what a song! 
That might be the first ever time Colin has ever prompted <laughs> playing Die Another Day. Do you um, want me to do it 26 more times? <laughs> I will gladly do it. <laughs> that, that's less than I played and it last time. So There goes our schedule. Sorry, no <laughs> interviews for you. Ben's too busy editing Die Another Day. I just, I just a couple of other things too I really do feel like. Just, just speaking of Die Another Day, Colin, just remind us of your opinion of Die Another Day. I'm so in love with Die Another Day. I believe you're so in love with it. I'm so good uh. that you're in there. Um, <laughs> Noah, obviously not with us today. I'm a bit sad about that. But uh, Noah, how are you feeling right now? I'm... Very wet right now. He's still wet. I, I just <laughs> get so excited. Don't. What do you think Pierce thinks about that? I don't want to have to do this ever again. He doesn't ever want to do it again. Why does he never oh. want to do it again? We get him on for two seconds and he just wants to He just wants to go. <laughs> uh, Pierce, I have to ask you, if you could be doing anything else right now, what would you rather be doing? Shirley Bassey. Oh, Shirley Bassey. Who would? Yeah, me um, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a OnlyFans I'd you know, let me see. Let me... Let me put a plug out there. Um, the Muppet Show has been added to Disney Plus, and uh, the first episode I watched was the Roger Moore episode. The second one I watched was the Shirley Bassey episode. Uh, Shirley Bassey, 1978, 1979, whatever. She could have been a Bond girl. Okay. Uh, what about Shirley Bassey, 2021? What is she, like 80 now? Or I'm, She could have been an M. Speaking of 80-year-olds, uh, recently Colin uh, gave an interesting comment about Madonna. Let's let's see what he said about her. <laughs> Give us Madonna in this sequence and I'm okay with it. If, I mean, Madonna wasn't in any scenes in this movie, Colin, but I'm sure you'd be okay with it. So, um... <laughs> I don't know what I said, but uh, I'm sure it was horrible. <laughs> oh, God. Look at all this editing already I've got to do for this episode. Um... <laughs> Beautician and the Beast. All right, let's 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 get into it. Famous last words. Don't think this will take long, but uh, as, as, as entertainingly odd as this movie is, there's not a whole lot to it. Let's basically just go over the plot right now. Fran Drescher teaches beauty school. She's a beautician, funnily enough. You know, spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, she basically starts off this movie trying to be a, a beautician slash makeup artist for, we think, a big TV star who actually ends up being a lotto girl. Um, she teaches night school in New York. Uh, after a fire, she makes the news to which then the leaders of Slovetsia need to get a teacher to come to tutor the president's children, essentially, because they're going through a change and becoming a democracy. So they mistake her for a teacher and ship her over to Slovetsia. And Tom Foolery happens, not with Amy Brennan, <laughs> but with Fran Drescher. And essentially she'll fall in love with him and change their whole democracy and country. That's the plot of this movie. Now let's talk about what happens in the movie. <laughs> um, it starts off with a cartoon. Did you think we were watching Dudley Do-Right here? I thought we were watching Dudley Do-Right. I got a bit excited. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you ever saw Enchanted. This sort of, uh, I thought, oh, is this Enchanted? Did you even put Enchanted on my flash drive here? Can I just... Uh, I, I was going to say that you, Colin, uh, you did, Ben. Shut up. Uh, yeah. Pierce, what do you think of Ben interrupting me? What was that ding sound? Yeah. He, oh, I, I, what I was that know. noise? That was Ben. That was yeah. Ben who interrupted me. Dinging. Uh, <laughs> that uh, ding but... sound. <laughs> it sounds so uh, old man and grumpy. That did... What was that ding sound? Old that buddy. ding's name is... That ding's name is Ben, okay? We use first <laughs> names on this show. Uh, but, yeah, we've had this plan for a couple months. We've been working on these for six months now, and I had all the movies downloaded, and this is just on the same flash drive. And we had covered something else, and the movie finished, and then all of a sudden I was drifting off after finishing watching something else, and all of a sudden I see this animated opening. I'm like, 
what is this? <laughs> is that an animated Fran Drescher? And it took me like a minute or two to realize, wait a second, the beautician and the beast. We're going to be talking about that eventually. I, I want to add that this is um, a bit progressive. This is like, this, this would be the type of thing that today we'd be talking about. Like, oh, this is empowering for women. We've got this like opening cartoon of basically this cartoon princess going like why do i have to marry you i don't know you who are you like i've got my own life i'm gonna walk off and you've kind of got this prince going no i saved you i'm gonna put you on my horse Um, we should have sex lots and lots of sex (laughs) so again beautician and the beast ahead of its time there you go yeah also you mentioned timothy dalton looking fantastic for 50 fran drescher is 40 she is also looking fantastic in this movie so uh just in this movie not now right Ah, she looks fantastic today. I, I, I don't know well, if she's done so much. If, if she's 40 now, that she was 16 in this movie. Jeez, <laughs> she looked old. <laughs> she's 63 now, Colin. Come on. Um, mm. How old is Timothy Dalton now? He's like 70-odd now, isn't he? So, uh, Sure. He would be mid-70s, I think. Uh, 73? 74, 74 he is. We know Almost he's 75. Not, we know he's not dying next. It's definitely George Lazenby. Uh, oh, come on. Now it's going to be Dalton. Cause he's, you know what? I think that Lazenby has a pact with the devil or something. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. All of them are going to drop dead before. Idris Elba is going to be dead before <laughs> George Lazenby. We're just going to wake up tomorrow and Daniel Craig is died. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> we bet on the wrong horse. We'll quickly go back and edit. Uh, next to die is Daniel Craig. Oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> um... But, yeah, so we've got this opening cartoon. It's Fran Drescher's having a dream. She's doing this. And, again, if you're listening to this for the first time, we're not going to refer to them by their character's name. We refer to them by their actor's name because we're lazy. Um, she fails at this makeup job for the lotto girl. I love it when she's all like, I love you. I watch you every night. And you think, like, oh, who's this big star? She's the lotto girl. Um <laughs> She goes back home. Her parents are just typical Fran Dresser parents in anything you watch with Fran Dresser <laughs> in the 90s, which are hilarious. It kind of reminds you of, like, my big fat Greek wedding in a way. It's just kind of like, yeah. you know, these overbearing parents, right? Um, the dad, that's what's-his-face from Godzilla, right? The mayor, um, mm-hmm. who's also in lots of different things. Um and they're kind of ragging on her about when are you going to find a man? What's, what does one of them say? Like, I, I want to just meet a man that I... Oh, it's Fran Drescher. I want to meet a man who wears less jewellery than I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, she's teaching a class here, which basically everything catches on fire. Colin's going, burn people, burn people. Yeah. <laughs> um, sadly, no one burns. One of the students here is... Um, the, Ryan Murphy's first ever show was a show called Popular. And uh, the actress who plays, um, not Carmen, Carmen was uh, the other girl. I can't remember. Lily? I think maybe Lily. There was definitely one of the main characters in Popular is one of the girls. It was definitely Lily. It was (laughs) (laughs) definitely Lily. Thank you very much, Colin, for for going. It was Lily, yes. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, played by the esteemed actress that is Tamara Mello. Uh, that is her name. Thank you, Tamara Mello, for coming to my head. But, yes, uh, sadly no one burns to death, but this gets Fran Drescher on the front page of the New York Post. She saved everyone, to which we then meet the, um, what is he, like the assistant to the president? Like Vice president, uh, chief of staff. Let's call him a chief of staff. Chief of staff. And this guy is uh, Ian McNeese, who I think I best know him from Ace Ventura when Nature's Calls, but he's also been in lots of other things as well. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with this Mr. Ian McNeese, aren't you? Yeah, well, he definitely looks familiar. Uh, I can't tell you what I know him from, though. 
He's uh, in, yeah, in Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, he's the guy who, ba- he's basically got the same role in this movie. He goes to get Ace and bring him to uh, get the bat, basically. Uh, so he kind of always plays the helper, I guess. But I love this line when he, like, you know, he's following Fran Dresser in this thing and he gets out of the car and he's like, I'm in suit, I'm not criminal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just point out the accents in this movie kind of come and go? Yeah. <laughs> Timothy Dalton at some point there is like full on like stage Dalton, like old buddy. <laughs> but then he's all like, yes, I am Timothy Dalton. I am from Slovakia or whatever. Slovetsia. That's the name of the country. Um, so he's like, oh, we need a tutor for our kids. We'll pay you 40000 Is that all? $40,000? Like, <laughs> What is that in today's economy? You looked that up for me, Colin Hilding. Uh, the, the inflation of 24 years ago for the US dollar for $40,000. Um, uh, it would be $65,191.78 today. Still, that's like a year's salary for some, not all. And she's <laughs> supposed to go for an entire school year, so she's getting paid school teacher salary. Basically, basically. Uh, so it doesn't take her long to say yes. Uh, and she flies to the great country of Slovetsia. Now, I do like it when a movie kind of creates a country because, you know, they don't want to offend anyone. But then I also do love it when you see a map of this said country and they've literally, like, taken over land. Um, so you see this map. It's in, like, the top corner, I think, is it Romania? There we go. There's a, This is why we always had the Romania joke because we knew we were getting to Beautician <laughs> and the Beast. Um, of essentially this happening. So it's in the top left corner of Romania on the border of Hungary. And if I look at a real map of Europe, uh, of what this would be taking over, I'm seeing here there's like uh, a city called Satu Mea, uh, lots of little towns. Um, so poor Satu Mea is no longer. It is now part of Slovetsia, uh, which... I mean, sure, why not? What was it? Um, I'm sure you're a big Princess Diaries fan. Uh, what, <laughs> yeah, you know it. <laughs> what was the country in that called? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was called Lily. Lily. <laughs> sure, it wasn't coming. It was. It was definitely Lily. <laughs> of course it was. Of course it was. Um, there, there's a there's an episode of Rankings ranking the best fictional countries <laughs> in movies connected to James Bond films. Well, we have um, it's Isthmus in License to Kill. So Timothy Dalton just fucking comes to fictional places. This is maybe it's a Dalton thing. Like I will not work on this film if you do a real country. Make up a fake one. <laughs> Uh, since I started the Taliban in living daylights, <laughs> I will no longer work for real countries. <laughs> and from this day forth, I will be known as Timothy Pricklepants. <laughs> no, actually, I read a tweet recently um, that apparently Timothy Dalton is known for uh, refusing to sign um, James Bond merch. Like, you can go up to him and be like, hey, I want your autograph. And he'll be like, oh, yes, I'm Timothy Dalton. I'll sign anything. <laughs> and then he sees a James Bond thing and apparently refuses. I don't know if that's true. I just saw a tweet. I can't confirm nor deny that. But I would like to think the opposite happens for Toy Story. They're like, somebody comes yeah. up to him and is like, Timothy Dalton. Yes, that's me. <laughs> oh, I love you. Thank you. I love you too. I really want you to sign something. <laughs> oh, what do you have to sign? Is it bloody Bond? No, it's my <laughs> Mr. Pricklepants. <gasps> Absolutely. Oh, give it to me, give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, just gets, and Beautician and the Beast comes out. He's fucking had blowing an O-ring. <laughs> yeah, you know, all, all the Tickle Me Boris Pachenko dolls out there. <laughs> Give it to me. I'll sign them all. Yes, I will raise my hands in power. <laughs> that True story. 
sorry, I never acted in that movie. But my, my Timothy <laughs> Dalton is actually doing okay this episode. I don't know what's happened. Um, been practice doing the, the facial ha- the facial hair is coming in it's helping uh helping Thank with the you, voice old buddy old uh, buddy <laughs> stuff your orders uh, <laughs> famous timothy dalton quote look at that blinking fish uh, <laughs> <laughs> i wanted him to come into the room nanny <laughs> <laughs> Dead on the bed. Um, so Fran Dresser arrives in Slovetsia. Oh, look, culture shock because everything's different. Like w- One thing I will say that I don't get about this movie, which they try to do, but it doesn't come across very well, is like we're meant to believe this is kind of like a repressed Eastern European country. The people are so against the leader. They've got terrible conditions. But I think the problem is, is that Timothy Dalton's kind of likable. Even when he's being an yeah. asshole, he's likable. And that's the problem because you like it's a good plot like to get somebody from you know the, the tyrannical west to just you know take over an eastern country like it's it's that whole white savior thing. This is the western savior come and save the eastern <laughs> European thing, right? So on paper, not good, but like it's okay with the western ways. It's the king and I, you know. It's 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 sound that, of music, sound of music. You know, it's exactly that plot. But like you need to kind of have the the guy be more unlikable at the beginning. Because I don't yeah. think I ever disliked Timothy Dalton in this movie. You kind of are just like, oh, you know, he's he's trying his best and clearly his daughter hates him and his son's trying to get with the woman that he's... That's weird. Um, and there's, well, there's... Yeah. The issue, I think, is that the only thing that they give you to hate him for is wanting to have this kid in prison. But the kid is still uh, an insurrectionist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So regardless of you know oh freedom of speech or whatever he's opposing him uh yeah. so it's not like he's necessarily doing anything wrong based on the laws of his country and and let's let's put this out right now the guy who's the prime minister who's meant to be the villain he's kind of right um he's just yeah. protecting yes. his country's like reputation like you just allowed this foreigner to come in and basically change your ways let's flip this around the other way let's let's imagine that um, Joe Biden, you know, sadly his wife dies. And then all of a sudden some like attractive Russian comes in and he's all like, Mr. Biden, I love you. And then like he starts like forming a communist nation of the United States. Is is like Kamala Harris just going to be like, oh, Joe, you're in love. Let it go. Let, let's do it. Let's let's turn the US yeah. into a, a communist state. Like, no, people are going to be like, no, <laughs> this is wrong. Like, sure. And the these pe- people... They're not unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> These people, they love him. They do. The only thing they don't like about him is that he basically, he doesn't say hello to them in the fields. And, and then he starts saying hello. <laughs> and then they like him. And then it's like yeah. they don't know what a, a union is or what working conditions are. So they form a union. They have a strike. Things get resolved. They're happy. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like, again, on paper, it's there and it works. But it's it's not executed brilliantly because at the end of the day you, you you're rooting for Fran and you're rooting for James, you know. And as you said, the chemistry between these is great. I do like this introduction scene where basically their their whole way of introducing this new teacher to Slovetsia is to have a big old ceremony. I do love like this introduction of Dalton, how kind of you see the feet, you've got the marching. That's literally how it goes. It's exact exact playing from the theme of beautician and the beast there um <laughs> and he's basically angry because she doesn't show up and then he just walks into a room and she's all like ah oh, i didn't know what to look like <laughs> uh, 
We could just recreate this whole movie right now, do a live script read with the Dalton and Fran Drescher impersonations. And so begins the the back and forth between these two. And again, this is where he's meant to be this tyrannical dictator leader guy. Like, fuck, if this was real, like, it would be like, off with a head. Like, Fran Drescher doesn't yeah. last five seconds, but he's just typical Bond thinking with his dick. <laughs> like, she's pretty attractive. I'll, 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 I'll keep her around. Um... <laughs> I don't know if that was... Was that a good Slovetsian accent, do you think? I, um, you know what? As uh, somebody whose family comes from Slovetsia, I can tell you that was garbage. <laughs> can I also just point out, is Timothy Dalton the first Bond actor to have a statue made after him? I can't think of any other actor who had a statue made after them. Was there... No, because there was no Connery statue in Zardoz. Um, I wish there was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to order one off Amazon. It's going to be in the background next week. Where they do a memorial to Sean Connery in his hometown. Like, <laughs> fuck Bond. Fuck, you know, anything else. It's him in a bloody Speedo. <laughs> yeah. Him getting masturbated by those weird things, basically. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Um, so there you go. Dalton has a distinction. First... Uh, I don't know. Did Pierce have a Mamma Mia statue made after him? Maybe him widely open. Perhaps? <laughs> Do you know this is this is weird. This is completely off topic from statues, but uh, it's occurred to me that we are how many movies deep now? Four movies deep into the uh, Bond actors non Bond roles, and in each and every one of them, they had a mustache. Uh, oh. So. <laughs> We're going to break that yes. next time, by the way, but uh, we need to do our rankings along with our other things at the end of this is who had the best mustache of non-Bond roles. You know, that's very interesting, Colin. I didn't think And you know what? That. We could switch it up and do the Matador instead for Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> we'll go yeah. five for five. <laughs> Where does Daniel Craig have a mustache? I, I don't know. Um, not in Tomb Raider. There's no, there's no hair on that man. <laughs> no, that, he's, he's got alopecia. He just does not have an ounce of hair on him at all. I mean that that is a block I'm... of cheese wanting to be grated all over all over Daniel. I just random thing. Uh, we I've talked about on this show before. My love of Formula One, and I've I've told the story about how he was on the grid of a Grand Prix a couple of years ago, and he seemed very nice. Really made me like Daniel Craig more. Um, and that was a team Red Bull was sponsored by Aston Martin. Aston Martin now had their own Formula One team owned by a Canadian, Lawrence Stroll, whose son is Canadian and races for Aston Martin. And so they did the launch of the car the week of us recording this. And they went out of their way to get like celebrity celebrity cameos to kind of be like, hey, like, you know, let's let's go team. So they got like Tom Brady, like, hey, I'm Tom Brady. Go Aston Martin. They got Daniel Craig to basically <laughs> not at all read a statement at all. He's like... Hi, I'm Daniel Craig. Let's go Aston Martin Formula One team. And he's like, hit it up by Sebastian Vettel, four-time world champion and the exciting talent Lance Stroll. I will be rooting for you. I'm Daniel Craig. Maybe, <laughs> and I approve this message. Let, let's bugger it. Let's play that right now so you can hear just how awkward Daniel Craig is in that. Hello. Daniel Craig here. I just want to send a massive congratulations to all at Aston Martin for getting back onto the F1 grid for the first time since 1960. It is an incredible thrill for me and I'm sure for all F1 fans to see Aston Martin racing again in their iconic Aston Martin racing green. And what a lineup of drivers. Sebastian Vettel, four times world champion and the amazing young talent of Lance Stroll. Good luck to you all, to Lawrence, to all the team. Go take it to them. I'll see you on the grid. Yes, there you go. I'm 
Lawrence Stroll's son. Uh, like he just the way he just reads it, and you watch his eyes in it, and you can just see him reading from this statement. Got to say, also the first time I watched that clip, I watched it with Mallory. The first thing we said, he's looking old. Uh, well, he's just years old. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel Craig. I love you. Don't hurt me with your little feet. He's no Gerard Butler. I mean, he's he's still a bangable man, right? <laughs> oh, Daniel Craig will be bangable when he's in his wheelchair and like frothing from the mouth. He'll still be able to grate a couple of blocks of cheese on him. So, <laughs> you know, let's let's do that, shall we? Um, yeah. So first meeting, Fran Drescher wakes up. The kids are in a bed. Um, that sounds more wrong than it is, but uh, legally, that's all I'm allowed to say. Um, <laughs> We've got the son, we've got the two daughters, and we've got the little kid who's like, yeah, I don't get this little kid. He's just like a pawn for jokes. Uh, they go to breakfast. There's like a banquet in her honor, which is like a sausage in cream, um, a blood sausage. Is that a blood sausage? Is that what it's meant to be? Um, and Timothy Dalton, his first time of like showing a little bit of, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be different. Like he sit- he's not going to eat breakfast, but he does. And then I do like it when they're trying to talk to him and she's like, I can't hear what you're saying. Let's move. And he's all like, no, I will move. No, no. She's like, no, no, no. It's easier to move five people than it is to move one. You sit there. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it's kind of funny. Um, she then starts teaching them. She draws a little love heart around or her name. And then she starts to teach them history and basically finds out that this is like North Korea. It's like the fearless <laughs> generals won the, col- uh, the the Gulf War. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> and then the guy's like, no, 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 like keep teaching them that. Uh, so again, little signs that this is like this repressed nation where, you know, like massive dictator rules over it, but it's kind of like blown away soon when she's teaching them about uh, frequent flyer miles and then basically tells her daughter to go say that she wants to boink someone else. Um, I do like this scene when like Fran's like burning up and you see a button, like basically the sun's like, Ooh, and then you've got this random plot point that the sun's horny and needs to be like his dad. So he tries to have sex with Fran Drescher. Um, <laughs> that's a plot point apparently. So sure. Um, cause each of the kids, I guess, have a plot point. You have the daughter who wants sex and her boyfriend's the guy who's trying to overthrow the president. So some problems there. The son needs to live up to his dad's Lothario ways. Cause apparently he's a womanizer. Is that what we're trying to believe? And yet we don't see yeah. that at all in this movie. Uh, he's a single got- father. Exactly. Who's mourning the loss of his long loved wife. Who do we ever find mm-hmm. out what happens to her? I don't think we do. Um, you've got the other daughter who's, you know, a bit bigger, but it's like bigger is beautiful, you know? And then you've got the little kid who just gets treated like a dog and gets a <laughs> thing around its collar. And I don't understand what the point of that kid is. Um, runs around naked. Yes, exactly. Um, and then this movie turns into this movie. Die another day. Cause we have a fencing scene. <laughs> <laughs> the second movie to feature a James Bond actor doing fencing, but sadly no Madonna. I was a bit sad that Madonna Verity wasn't there. Like I wasn't. Just, how would have you been if I never told you that this was like how they got Madonna and you walk into this room, you see this woman from the back, she turns around, starts talking to Fran Dresser, that's, you know, tyrannical leader, Timothy Dalton, took the gold in Atlanta uh, by default, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> It's a common thread. That's who Madonna always plays in movies. Um, But he's pissed off because Fran Drescher has told her daughter that you won't be... And this is again what I don't understand. So he basically says, I I had the arranged marriage. I was happy. And yet 
they're trying to say that arranged marriage is bad, but he was desperately in love with his wife. So I don't know, Colin, you were in an arranged marriage. How does it work? I, you know, I wasn't, but I had a friend who's in an arranged marriage and, uh, I mean, don't, don't knock it until you tried it. He's happily married still to this day. Also, I, I think there's a big difference between like what people perceive arranged marriages where, um, and again, this is from my years of experience in arranged marriage, but uh, <laughs> the, the perception is, oh, it's like, you know, you see in the movies where the two people never meet and their parents, you know, just barter and trade. For my friend, his arranged marriage, it essentially was two sets of parents that said, hey, our kids should get together. Let's have them meet. And if they agree, they can get married. And then the two kids meet and they're like, I agree with this arrangement. <laughs> can we start boinking now, basically? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, lots and lots of sex. I, I, I can't talk. My marriage is just an actor pretending to be my wife. So I would <laughs> gladly be married. Um one thing I want to point out... Your ceremony out, was directed by Ken Quapis. It was. And he did a very good job. Thanks, Quinn. <laughs> Quinn. Quinn's his name. Quinn. Right, Quinn. Good old Quinn. <laughs> good old Quinn. Um, the, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a flag nut. I love my flags. I want to say the flag of Slovetsia is fucking ugly. It's a fucking <laughs> boar on like two colours. It doesn't even look like a flag. Um... So um, Fran then wants to sneak out and experience the, the nightlife of Slovetsia. I do like the boy here when he's basically like, you're going to experience the culture of Slovetsia? You'll be home in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> true. That's exactly what happens when you go to Hobart. It's like, hey, culture of Hobart. Well, you're home early. Yeah, I know, right? I did four laps of the city and discovered everything. Um, they go to discotheque. Uh, <laughs> to which the older daughter who wants who's had the conversation I should have said she's had the conversation with Fran that she thinks about sex 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 all the time and she thinks and actually this is where I believe the daughter is you Colin because she thinks sex is holding hands <laughs> yeah. and um, going on dates and giving out mm-hmm. flowers that's what you always thought sex was wasn't it I know and yet Jamie and I still haven't had sex yeah you gave a <laughs> you gave a you gave a flower to Jamie and she got pregnant um, yeah, exactly. And then nine months later, Casper came out black. So uh, and you, <laughs> you were still wondering what was going on. That flower I gave her, that had some interesting powers. I, I didn't know it was that strong. Um, but uh, she's in the in the background of this discotheque, there's like an uprising meeting. Like, we're suppressed. We want to stand. Why does everyone in Slovetsia speak English? I know, and they, they have their own language. I thought at first this was, well, this is their language. They speak English, they just have accents. But there's a point in this movie where, I don't know if it was in writing or Timothy Dalton speaks in a language, they have a native tongue, and yet he makes his speeches to the country in English. He Apparently they worked with a dialect coach to try and uh, get some, like how do you work with a dialect coach to make up a language? Like it's like, okay, you're from Eastern Europe, but it's a, a made up country. Like, could you not just fucking go, oh, I'm, I'm Russian this week, I'm Bella. Like, there's no one watching this movie from Slovetsia going, they do not sound anything like us. That is slightly racist. <laughs> Forget that there's nobody watching this in America who's going to know the difference. <laughs> People in America and, and, think Slovetsia is a real country. Like, yeah, hey, and, I've been to Slovetsia, yeah, me too. Yep. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, this movie was seen by about 10% of the audience who watched The Nanny on TV. That <laughs> audience also was not going to notice. Yeah, exactly. Um Anyways, they, this is where the boy gets arrested. That uh, daughter who wants all the sex uh, gets arrested and held in a, a, a dungeon underneath the castle. And like multiple weeks pass from this point on. And again, this is such a tyrannical country. He knows there's an uprising against him. Like this kid's dead. Like yeah. I have done enough history to know that this was like against Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini. Like this kid's dead. 
you know, I mean, we live through Trump against Trump. Trump, they're dead. <laughs> they're all dead right now. <laughs> they're dead. They're all dead. You're all dead. Um, but I, I, is this the first scene when kind of like Dalton and uh, Fran Drescher have that back and forth where she's got like the last word? And I do love yeah. Dalton here and it's like, why must you always have the last word? And then she's like trying to buy it. I'm like, you want to do it right now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned the chemistry. Like it's really, really good. And like this is where I will say that, you know, Dalton is likable in this movie, even when he's a prick. But it's just like you kind of do feel for this guy because he's going to have that scene soon when he's kind of like, my country is broke. You know, we need this. We need that. And you kind of feel for him in a way where like he's meant to be a prick, but at the same time, he's just trying to do the best for his people. So maybe it's more of a, you know, he's a soft stance dictator. To, like, But that's where you throw a line in. You may be like, you know, my country has been ruled for so long and I have tried to soften the stance, but people don't believe in it. You know, like all you need to do is throw in a line like that. Cause you get the prime minister at one point saying like, I served your grandfather through World War II. I served your your father through uh, communism. And now I'm not going to serve you through a uh, woman from America. <laughs> <laughs> the great big threat to the Iron Curtain, basically. But um, I, I might just cap it there because I think kind of I can gel through a lot of Dalton and Fran fall in love. You know, we, we, we don't quite get the... I've had all the time in the world <laughs> sequence, but uh, we may as well. The middle section of this movie is basically an elongated um, cookie monster section. So. <laughs> cookie monster, yes. Uh, one thing I don't know if uh, you picked up on this. Uh, I- I'm hoping you did because it's pretty obvious. When Fran Drescher is making up the Lotto Girl, she makes her up to look exactly like her. Like it's not as noticeable. I kind of wish that they had given the Lotto Girl dark hair. So because that, that's clearly the joke. Like the hair is identical, the makeup is identical. And she's like, "Oh, how do you think? Or how does that look?" And then she's like, "Uh, thanks," because she's done her exactly like her own hair and makeup, but. Because she's blonde, I don't think the joke's quite as obvious there. But it is kind of clever that uh, she did that. Uh, her teaching this class, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the head catching on fire would have been better if it was a real live human being, but still. Um, and then what is it? The, the one character is, I ain't saving no rats. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't saving no human. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Uh, the, I think it's the dad when she's saying, you know, oh, I'm going to be going to this Eastern European country or whatever I'm going to be teaching. And then the dad says, take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's just desperate to get out there too. Uh, I like the dad. It, what was it that the dad was in? Uh, Godzilla. He was the mayor in Godzilla. No, something else. Something else. I knew that one. Um, yeah. That He's probably been in a million things. Great movie. Um, See, I, know I can't in- even find him in the cast right now. Michael Lerner. Here we go. He was in Third uh, Watch. I know he was in Third Watch. All right. So he was uh, in Godzilla. He was in X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in uh, Blank Check Newsies. That's- right. Okay. Have you ever seen Newsies? No. I was getting excited for Blank Check, but obviously that no, wasn't no. the one. And- and Elf, he was in Elf as well. I, I'm ah, like, there's actually, something we saw recently. Yeah, because I think we we did we pointed that out in Elf, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. 
There we go. Uh, not here on this show. You would have to listen to our other shows to know that. Which, by the yeah, way, the Oz uh, Network. The Oz Network. Uh, coming soon. 1,000th episode. Or maybe it's already yeah. aired by the time this is aired. I don't know. Actually, no. It's coming soon. It hasn't aired yet. Coming soon. Listen to it. Go over to the Oz Network. You'll hear our 1,000th episode with all of our funniest bits uh, that Both put Double Oz 7 to shame. Just stop listening to Double Oz 7 now. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're better over there. We've had like four best ofs on Double Oz 7. And they're taking <laughs> yes. us to the 1,000th episode. Like, we're comedian geniuses on this show. But when it gets to... Yes. We get to a thousand episodes. We've had like three bits, which is slightly humorous. Um, yeah, we have to keep replaying all, the same joke over and over. Oh, sand! No one's racist. Ah. And all all those Double Oz Seven fans who loved our episode with Rossi, you can hear more of Rossi over on uh, the Oz Network, not Double Rocky, Colin. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Sorry, Rocky. Uh, anyways, yes. Uh, yeah, the dad here. I like him. Um, you know, there's a couple of good lines here. Uh, when uh, I think it's when she's meeting Timothy Dalton where he's saying, I hope everything here is to your liking. If you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. And then he pauses and he points, him. <laughs> like, I didn't, didn't know Timothy Dalton was Jamaican. Um. Uh, don't forget. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Emma. Hey, hey, man. Come on here hey, and kiss my lucky egg. <laughs> nor- normally, no matter what accent I do, it comes out as Schwarzenegger. The one time where that accent would actually come in handy, I slipped into Jamaican. <laughs> I bought Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography the other day for like $3.50 from a thrift store. And the front cover is a big picture. It's like total recall, my unbelievably extraordinary life. And I just want you, I want you to read this book to me in Arnold's accent. I just want the whole book. I was born in Austria. I wanted to be a bodybuilder. It was very hard. I swear I did not touch that woman. <laughs> okay, maybe I did. She got pregnant, but it was the nineties. You're allowed to not now. Don't be, don't touch women. And Maria was okay with it. <laughs> she joined in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was a Kennedy. She expected it. <laughs> it was in our prenup. <laughs> you marry into the Kennedys, you must cheat. <laughs> True story. Uh, yeah, you do. But is. anyways, um, yeah, so uh, when she goes into her room and it's like this palace, she's like, wow, this is great can i get a blanket without a head because there's like a full bear skin blanket for her uh the kids they they have some funny lines too like normally i would hate kids in the these types of movies but these ones are okay the oldest uh boy there uh adam lavorgna is the actor um rocky rocky and i talked about him over on the oz network uh when we covered the famous jonathan taylor thomas christmas film i'll be home for christmas he played the villain in that oh. uh, also was uh, on a couple seasons of Seventh Heaven, which I remember watching back in the day, and may have been the best thing on Seventh Heaven. So make Adam Lavorgna a thing can, again. Can, I uh, really want to just cover Seventh Heaven so we can just like, oh, <laughs> that show. Like I, I just want to vomit rainbows after watching that show. Like everything's so good. Like Timmy, did you just slightly think about sex? Yes, Dad. He's the Bible. <laughs> oh, yes, it's such Dad. a great show. <laughs> I, I, I. I think I watched that show like I was really into it during the early seasons and then completely lost interest in it. Thought every time I tried to watch I'm like, this is garbage. And then I went back and watched the garbage stuff and it has like a funny, you know, oh, this this is bad, but it's funny quality to it. So maybe we'll commit to that when we have, I don't know, six years to cover it. Seventh Heaven coming soon. Why do I say things like I just (laughs) shut up? Shut up, Ben. Come on. Shut up. Shut up. yeah, the um, the kids when they're describing the old teacher, they say something like she was ugly and she was missing teeth and she had a breath like something died in her mouth or something. What was that? 
Um, yeah, we'll go with breath died. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, something about something died in her mouth. Like her breath smelled like something died. Like it's really vulgar and uh, and quite uh, hilarious. Um, I wrote in my notes here, and I don't even remember if this was line in the movie. Something about don't want to be raped by mindless imperialism. Um, maybe you watched the director's cut. Uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I do not remember uh, that. But I'm like, oh, there's rape in this movie. Uh, not literal, but there's rape. Uh, also, when they're they're talking about the making the belly buttons talk. Like, first example of Timothy Dalton just having no shame in this movie. I will not make my belly button talk. <laughs> my belly button now. does not talk. <laughs> I want to see I want to see Timothy Dalton make his belly. Yeah, like, if we Dalton. ever got him on the show. Hello, <laughs> old buddy. <laughs> Dunno. Dunno. <laughs> Timothy Dalton's belly button recreates his famous bomb line. Stop your oh, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> There's a t-shirt. Timothy Dalton's belly button. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! Uh, but yeah, you mentioned that they, outside of putting this kid in prison, the only thing they really have is, I think, where the kids are talking about, uh, uh, okay, so who can tell me, you know, what the name is of the person who runs against the presidential election? And they're like, the loser, a traitor! <laughs> no, I like when they say missing. They're like, a loser, traitor, yeah, missing. missing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I like that line. <laughs> but like, again, it's typical American movie things. Where like, we're not going to bother to have the politics make any sense. You mentioned like his dad and his grandfather were both president prior to him. Mm. So is this a monarchy that they call them presidents, but yet they have elections there? Like it doesn't make any sense. Or do they rig the election so it all stays in one family? Like none of that makes it's sense. Like Even Naboo. having a prime. It's like how's the queen yeah. elected on Naboo? Yeah. Well, and I don't know how you have a president and a prime minister too. I think well, those that's, are two. That's that really in Russia they do have like um, Putin is president, but basically when it's yeah they do have because when Putin was first president, you can only serve two terms. So then he was like, um, how about the prime minister become president for eight years? I'll just go back and be prime minister <laughs> for eight years, and then oh, we'll change the constitution. I'll be president again. So they can't serve like more than two terms consecutively. So that's why Putin is still president because he went became prime minister for a while. So it's a thing. It is a thing. Okay, a Ben's thing. confirmed. The flag sucks, but the politics check out. They do. Uh, the politics of Beautician <laughs> and the Beast get the ticket approval. Uh, yeah, I love the fencing scene too. I, I'll, I'll just say it right now. Dalton could also take Graves. Uh, I think Pierce takes Dalton in a fencing match, but Dalton yeah. also takes Graves. What about Madonna? Uh, he, Dalton can take, stab Madonna, <laughs> do whatever he wants. Uh, just, I'd watch just, that. Just do away with her. With Be his, gone with, his, with her. With his sword, <laughs> Dalton's sword and Madonna. It's a pretty attractive film clip there. Uh, if you say so. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going too far here, but it, uh, I, I, this might have been the same scene where uh, she always had to get the last word in. They're fighting over the last word, and Dalton just kept going, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> like just reading through the reviews of this movie i'm almost disappointed that a lot of people didn't get timothy dalton's humor in this movie yeah uh like i think he's supposed to be dry and maybe it's because we've seen him be funny outside of this that you get well this is a style of comedy that he kind of does um but I actually think he's the best thing in this movie. Like, not no question about it. He makes me everything he says in this movie really does make me laugh. Uh, his the, that stuff's great. Uh, I don't know. Am I going too far here uh, with the the science fair projects? Ah, the you mate, just, you're on the you're on the topic. Okay. Keep going. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the fact that she's keeping up this charade of I'm a real school teacher and the science fair projects are things like, uh, let me see, I wrote it down here, um, uh, hair extract gel from aloe, uh, <laughs> matching your shoes to your purse, the chemistry of matching your shoes to your purse, you're like, it's chemistry. <laughs> uh, and then the Romeo and Juliet, she's like, I just showed the West Side Story. <laughs> I love that kid's like, I understand there is gang problem in the US, but I didn't realize yeah. I knew ballet so well. <laughs> and uh, the, the start of the montage of them falling in love, uh, it's the Vesper and James scene here. Uh, but uh, I think the first scene where they're in the kitchen and uh, she's like, uh, oh, you know, we should make some sandwiches. Uh, uh, where's the mayonnaise? And he's just like, Get in here! He's like screaming for the kitchen help. And he's like, no, no, you don't have to wake them up. We can make it ourselves. And he's like, kitchen help, no! <laughs> I just love this. Mr. Sheffield, I don't have to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that scene with the mayonnaise because she like hides it, doesn't she? And then he's like, where is the mayonnaise? It's like, oh, we're out. Where is the mayonnaise? <laughs> <laughs> Did I ever think we'd have a Bond actor getting angry over mayonnaise? <laughs> Damagdala, where is the mayonnaise? That's I, that's Timothy Dalton's put the bunny back in the box mode. Where yeah. is the mayonnaise? Put the lotion in the basket. Where is the mayonnaise? <laughs> um, there's a couple of like things I don't get, like when um she's she she's showing those slides of like famous people and like she she shows like two like i think they're u.s politicians from the 90s and she kind of like drops a couple of jokes about oh and that's such and such and that's his boyfriend like i i guess that was funny in 1997 i did yeah. i don't know if you knew who and they if were if you're not american you're probably not gonna know who it is exactly um also like there's a couple of moments when she like she mentioned something about um west side story where she says something about like oh i was more concerned about blah blah blah's puerto rican accent or something like that and then she'll have that that moment later on with the party when she makes that little thing into lucille ball and she's like look it's lucille ball and she does that like it's it's not meant to be funny but i just don't like i just feel that fran drescher just like i don't know if that's in the script or that's just a fran drescher thing like i'm gonna ad-lib this because this is my type of comedy i'm just gonna to throw that yeah. in right which it works like it's just kind of funny um but yeah the whole falling in love sequence oh yeah the, i guess the plot point i said the whole plot about you know he's gonna fall in love and become nice the, the also the whole thing about it being like a hidden secret that she's not really a proper teacher she's a, a beautician like that's kind of like the, oh it's a secret so like when she tells a secret later on it's kind of like oh you know he doesn't care but, like, that kind of gets swept under the rug, I feel. Because, like, you get a couple of jokes here about, like, oh, it's chemistry, matching shoes <laughs> to a bag. Like, ha, 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 ha. But, like, at the end of the day, does it really matter that she's not really a teacher? Because, like, he kind of has that line, like, you're the best damn teacher ever, old buddy. Um, so. <laughs> well, but like, okay, let's let's stop picking on Dalton for being this tyrannical fascist and this terrible father. Uh Fran Drescher has sacrificed these children's education so yeah. that she can make $60,000, $40,000, and $97. She hasn't taught them anything. Yeah. So these kids, when they go into real school the next year or whatever, they're being held back. You know, They're being demoted down to the class with the, 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 the safety part on the scissors. And uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, I love those classes. Shut up. <laughs> let's make arts and crafts with construction paper and glue sticks, you know, uh, 
these kids are not going to do well in life because of her selfishness. One thing too, like again, like we're nitpicking Beautician and the Beast. This is like we we both really <laughs> enjoy this movie, but like you know, this is an ass without nitpicking the logistics of this movie. When you've got this, I love this scene when Dalton's like on the balcony, and you've got that big, you know. Chevchenko poster or whatever it is, um, yeah. the, the Davidov poster. There it is. Um, or it Compton <laughs> should have been playing this. Uh, and he's kind of like you know doing like the Hitler style speech, and I, she wanted to be like the first order. We're yeah. evil. <laughs> but like the even first galactic empire. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like he does it in a likable way, and all these people are like, yeah, Chevchenko. Yeah, like, like seriously, I. I you know, people are all for, you know, let let a person be whatever gender they want, let a person be whatever orientation they want, let a person worship whatever God they want. Really, I think we're finally starting to get to the point where it's like, let people have whatever government they want. If they want to be communists, that's their business. You know, if it yeah. makes them happy, uh, if, if they want, you know, a dictator, as long as he's not murdering people, which Timothy Dalton is not, the prime minister is, then let him do it. Like, I, I can't. I can't judge this guy. Which, because, like, we're meant to believe he's a bit of a tyrant and people hate him, but he's got a fucking crowd of, like, a bigger crowd than Trump's inauguration. And yet they're all like, oh, yeah, <laughs> It's Pachenko, isn't it? Not Chevchenko. What's yeah, his name? Pachenko. 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 And you know Yeah, you're right. This crowd, wait, this crowd could have taken Capitol Hill in, like, I don't know, 10 seconds. Yeah. This is like fucking a Britney Spears concert. They're like, yeah, exactly. run, the, <laughs> run the 100 metres in five seconds. Britney! <laughs> Hashtag free Britney! They're like, woo! And yet, now you know, I'm he's... picturing Timothy Dalton. I'm a slave for you. <laughs> <laughs> Old buddy. <laughs> How is this a thing? This happened with Connery. Now it's a Dalton. <laughs> James Bond Dalton does sing Britney. The, sing the songs of Britney Spears. Oops. Oops. I did it again. I did it again. <laughs> If you CK me, all the boys and all the girls are begging <laughs> to. If you CK me, old buddy, da da. Um, <laughs> womanizer, womanizer, womanizer. Oh, you're a womanizer, womanizer, womanizer. We we're gonna catch up and do Lazenby and Roger Moore. Like oh, I do say, <laughs> quite an illuminating slave for you, I am. <laughs> I don't even know what lazy these would be. <laughs> I've got a lot of slaves for you. <laughs> <laughs> this never happened to the other womanizer. Uh, <laughs> anyway, hashtag free Britney, everyone. Come on, get on board. Um, <laughs> so I watched that the other day. It was interesting. Um, so, yeah, and then Fran Drescher comes out onto the thing. And I, I, like, I actually really like this scene. She's, like, out in the balcony. Everyone's like, ooh. And then she just puts her arms up and everyone's like, yeah. yeah. It reminds me of Notting Hill when Reese Evans goes into the door and is all, like, getting cheered by the paparazzi. But, I mean, okay, my point with all this is, like, nitpicking that. If this is, like, an, an oppressed culture like wouldn't there and like this is on the front page of the new york times like you know puchenko workers uprise like shouldn't there be like who is mysterious american woman being yeah. in the midst of puchenko like i feel like this should be making the news but again i guess well, like the point is he controls the press of the country so like it's not going to be there but clearly but, there's some sort of reporter in this country who's getting news out to the west okay let's even forget about the media's coverage of this um Going back to how much his character is loved, even when he is the the dictator, the revolution 
can meet in a small eight by 10 room. Yeah. That is your entire revolution. And look at the crowd he has here. I mean, this is the minority among minorities. And they have no business trying to dictate Timothy Dalton's politics. Excuse me. And they, and they never kind of established this revolution because even when they free this guy that, you know, the daughter wants sex, sex, sex with, like, <laughs> do we ever quash the fact that there's still a revolution wanted in this country? Yeah. Like, one kid, like, and but even then, like, the rest of a kid, this is going to cause an uprising. This should be, like, the whole country is against, like, like oh, you can't arrest our leader. We're going to stand up. You know, like, this is what should be happening. So, clearly, this revolution the, the sucks. Up- <laughs> the other six people in the revolution is like, well, it was worth a try. Yeah, well, whatever. We we, we actually like Chichenko, Pachenko, whatever <laughs> oh, his name is. <laughs> I don't want to be thrown in jail next. Let's get out of here, guys. <laughs> but I do like this whole montage when he's meeting the people. Like, I like when <laughs> Fran Drescher, like, sees that guy and he's all like, hello, and... and She's like, he's like, oh, he must be new. Like, no, he's been working here for 24 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boris, he must have gotten a new hat. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. And then when he gets lost and it's like, you don't know where we're going, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know where we're going. We are going to factory. <laughs> there that it is. Factory. Very important factory. <laughs> So we go to this factory, we learn that there's not a union, so then they start striking, then he gets all angry, like, you made my workers strike. Um, the Prime Minister's a bit angry because, again, they're getting the Western... How do they get the New York Times the day of the New York Times coming out? Like, didn't realise the New York Times was in such high demand in Eastern Europe. Um, this is when she gives him a makeover, shaves off the moustache, uh, <laughs> gives him... I mean, he looks good without a moustache. He looks good with a moustache, but Dalton yeah. without a moustache... Like, I don't know if Jamie watched this movie, but, um, no. you know, no. She, she doesn't like Dalton, does she? We went over this recently, I feel. She, she said that she did. She said, that, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a whirl. That was basically her opinion. <laughs> Not top of my list, but he's all right. <laughs> the the whole rest of this movie is them basically holding a, a party to what? Is this, what is the reason of this party? I forget. Uh, for kids to run around naked. It's yep. a celebration of the toddlers being naked. Absolutely. This I is like the, what is it? The, the, like the, the, in the Borat movie, The Running of the Jews. This is The yeah. Running of the Naked Children. Ben's think- cut, ben was not allowed the real director's cut of this. There's no, I wasn't. Some- it was it was highly censored. <laughs> Ken Kuiper sent me a highly censored version. Um, But I think it's something to do with like, because they're talking about like signing a nuclear arms treaty and I think it's something to do with their, maybe it's to do with their new democracy because we do hear that at one point that they've become a democratic nation. Something along those lines. Actually, there was one scene I do like it when she's trying to basically tell him like, you need to spend more time with his kids. And he's like, look at my diary. And she's all like, hmm, nuclear treaty, probably should go to that. Uh, NATO, 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 NATO. Okay, probably. It's harder than I thought. Um, I do like the chicken scene when she's been forced to kill this chicken and she's trying (laughs) to like sneak up on it with the the machete and then she eventually keeps this chicken as a pet back home in New York. I kind (laughs) of think that's funny. Um, Yeah, this whole, the whole movie then basically becomes a party planning movie. Um, to which she's giving him pressure to release the boy. He's like, no. The Prime Minister, I think, is basically saying, kill the boy. Um, we see shirtless Dalton getting a massage and then accidentally Fran Drescher putting on a deep voice and saying, yes, I am the masseuse. <laughs> um, again, reminds me of Austin Powers. Like, how does that feel, baby? Mm, lower. How does that feel, baby? <laughs> <laughs> is this uh, where Dalton impersonates Fran Drescher too? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, which is always a good thing. Dalton, Timothy yeah. Dalton. Hello. Ah. Ah. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, dear Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> um, he basically admits his affection for Fran. She's all swooning like, oh, he likes me. She then gets dressed up in a princess outfit. They're in love. It's going to be a happy ending. But wait, there's still like 28 minutes to go. There's got to be some form of conflict in this movie yet. <laughs> Um, to which she's basically like, you should arrest this guy, uh, release the guy. He's like, no, old buddy, I can't do this. Or people will hate me. <laughs> so this causes her to get fired. Um, she flees back to America. Uh, the prime minister is all like, yes, I'm the prime minister. I win. Sucked in. Um, oh, I should mention, did you see the James Bond actor in this movie that wasn't Timothy Dalton? No. Okay, so in one of the scenes when the daughter sneaks down to see... The sun. We see a guard that they sneak past. The guard is asleep uh, at the at the table, I believe. Uh, that is the esteemed Vincent Chiavelli, aka Doctor Kaufman uh, from Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, no, you know what? I saw his name in um, uh, like on Wikipedia before I watched the movie, and yep. I, you know, I I don't remember seeing him in the movie. I saw him and straight on like, was that Dr. Kaufman? And then I looked it up <laughs> and it is. So busy nineteen ninety seven for Vincent Chiavelli for appearing uh, in movies with James Bond actors. Mr. President, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. I don't know what to say. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Did you call the auto club? <laughs> <laughs> I am just a professional doing my job. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Fran Drescher's sad. She goes back home. It's her birthday. So I do like it how we're basically implying that she's unpopular uh, so that they just have to basically invite, like, all these people from the neighbourhood. Um, she then all of a sudden thinks that, uh, like, oh, we've invited this person. He couldn't stay away from you. And it's some weird geek from high school. Meanwhile, back in Slovetsia, uh, Dalton's upset. He's got a bit of stubble. He's a bit depressed. He fires a prime minister. And then he's eventually going to show up. Uh, I'm at the tour. This is where we get the, the hallmark opening. ending. <laughs> she was working in a dictatorship in Slovetsia <laughs> when she got kicked out on one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. So over the bridge she to another door. She was there to get a job back but couldn't handle one more. He showed up. He was a dictator. He was sad. That's when he, she became the dictator's wife. Da, 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 da. Who was to guess that there was a surprise? The Dalton was got a big size. She, yeah, I can't remember the rest of it. That's how it ends. They turn it into the nanny literally yeah. at that point. Dalton shows up at a front door. Here is like the the president of like a Eastern European country can just show up to like rural New York. Well, not rural New York, but like suburban New York. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, he showed up in rural New York. <laughs> rural. I believe I have the wrong house. I must go to Queens. Um, <laughs> and then they make out. Um, it's actually, I really like that shot at the end when you kind of see the city in the background. He's looking good in his suit, by the way. And um, the end. That's There's really not much to this movie. <laughs> This is the easiest uh, of the movies we have covered so far. Like every single yeah. one of our Bond actor movies is like, what is going on here? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> There's like just five hours of fighting or five hours of trying to work out what's happening with Connery getting masturbated or Roger Moore talking to himself <laughs> in, a, in a mirror. This is like the simplest movie we have ever covered on 007 and it's fucking Beautician and the Beast. 
<laughs> we're gonna have the November Man and Cowboys and Aliens after this, so this really will be the <laughs> easiest that we're gonna do. Uh, I, I get uh, half of my notes are just lines Dalton has that may not even meant to be funny, but the way he delivers it is funny. It's all the sequence of him trying to be like, "I am the people's president now." Uh, the uh, the scene that you mentioned with the guy—it's like. Uh, I've never seen this man before. And it's like, well, he's worked here for 24 years. And he goes, oh, he changed his hat. They're like that line. <laughs> but then when he's trying to be really friendly and everything, it's like, uh, he's going for a nice walk for her out in nature. He goes, ah. Oh. And you think he's about to say something like, really, oh, really sweet. Look, the beautiful landscape. He's like, ah, oh, I killed a cow over there. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes in that story where it's like, uh, my father said, you can only eat what you kill with your own hands. I had a stick and a stick of butter. And today I, I became a man. <laughs> and truth that's how he became James Bond as well. That's what the broccoli is. Yeah. They, uh, they're like, who is this guy? I, I, I killed a cow and ate my own butter old but You are Bond. You are the epitome of James Bond. You Forget must smile. Pierce. You must be a blinking fish. Uh, anyway, uh, blinking fish. Really? I, I picture it and I just go blank. I'm sorry. You say the word blinking fish and Colin just goes quiet. Colin, Colin, are you okay? Quick, um, get the blinking fish. Beep, beep, beep. The, the scene where they're getting everything ready for the party too. And again, he's still trying to, he's, he's a little bit better at it, but he goes, yellow flowers. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Very fond of the yellow flowers. Um, I don't really buy this um, prime minister plot tacked on at the last minute. I'm going to blackmail you. <laughs> Twirling his mustache. Because I will tell whiplash. him the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah but it's like, i will tell him your terrible secret he already knows i'm not a teacher no the other secret he already knows that i started a, a union no the other secret like how many secrets has he already been let in on and they save the least shocking one to be the one that he's gonna blackmail her with and she goes along with it yeah like, this is not, you snuck her down into the basement. He already knows the daughter has a thing for this guy. She didn't let him out. Maybe if they made it, she'd let him out. This would be shocking. Yeah. And then just the fact that they dispense with it. Like, okay, fine. I'll go along with your dastardly plan. <laughs> and then like 30 <laughs> seconds later, it's like, you know what? I'm not going to be blackmailed. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> This is, this is, you know what? I see why Fran Drescher has so much fun being Fran Drescher. <laughs> I, don't, I just want to point out, like, it sounds like I feel we do a voice, like, like when I like, I know I am making fun of her. Like, I actually no, no, it's I, that's I'm the not, appeal of her. I am not one of these people. Like, I watched the um the Siskel and Ebert review of this movie, whatever it was, on YouTube, and one of them was like, oh, I I'm one of these people who thinks that there are so that her voice is one of the most annoying sounds in the world. I've never like, I just it's it, that's it, as you said, no, it's part of the appeal of her. Yeah. And I never forget there was an episode of The Nanny where she like took something like and like basically she started speaking like normally she did not have that she was like oh yes hello I'm Fran fine and it was it was like just such an ongoing joke of that whole episode was her just with this normal voice and it sounds weird like I'm like no bring back the <laughs> yeah. nasally Fran Drescher like it's like anyone who watches Friends like the Janice character like that but the appeal of that is it's that, obviously oh supposed God. to be Fran Drescher yeah like it's hilarious like and I, I love it like I just love the Fran Drescher voice yeah yeah, and that that is her humor. You know, it, it's it's a personality that nobody else has, and it's distinct. I often I wondered for years whether uh, it was uh, an act on her part 
and mm. I don't think it is, but if it was, that's a brilliant act. Like somebody who commits themselves to being like, I'm going to go over the top and be this character everywhere I go. I think she accentuates it. Like, I think it's legitimately her voice. And yeah. like, I think people ask her about it all the time, but I think like she, you know, exaggerates it on certain occasions, but. Um, well, yeah, like uh, yeah. the, um, you know, another, let's say a male version of that, right? The macho man, Randy Savage, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've heard a confused. lot of people talk. Very much, yeah. But I've heard a lot, a lot like you can't not do a Macho Man impression, right? But uh, anybody uh, I've ever heard talk about the Macho Man in interviews, they'll say when people, when he's asked, was that his real voice or was that an act? And it's like, that was his real voice, but that was his real voice at an 11. He was normally an eight, you know? And I think that's probably the way it is with Fran Drescher. Like it's naturally her, but she, she knows what she's doing and, and yeah. it's smart. And let's be honest. I mean, the nanny was on the air for several years. You know, it wasn't quite at like the 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 peak popularity of a home improvement or a Seinfeld or a Friends or a Roseanne, uh, but it was like a Mad About You, you know, it was very well known. And she got her own movie off of this. I mean, this movie, regardless of whatever the box office receipts were, it was a big deal. And I remember this movie being talked about a lot, like Fran Drescher being in a movie was a big deal. And still to this day, when you mention Fran Drescher, people know who it is because they can picture her and they can picture the voice. And that, and that's exactly. And I mean, you know, without taking away from her roles that she had before this, uh, I mean, this, this set her into stardom, the nanny, and that we all know her. Like literally when I have to say to Mallory, like, do you know who Fran Drescher is? No, the nanny. Do you, oh, I know what the show is, but I never yeah. watched it. Like you automatically know what it's like. I mean, yeah. I, I never watch Roseanne, um, but I know who Roseanne Barr is because of Roseanne, you know, it's. And you know what? Same thing with the voice. Like you hear Roseanne, you can picture the voice. You can yep. picture the, the over the top personality. And again, it's probably that's Roseanne, but it's Roseanne at 11 and not at a regular seven or eight. I, I, I can't say that for, um, you know, Kirstie Alley after Veronica's closet or Brooke Shields <laughs> yeah. after suddenly but you, Susan. <laughs> but like the nineties, that was kind of a thing too. Cause yeah. who doesn't, do a Jerry Seinfeld impression. You know, the thing about Jerry Seinfeld is like, <laughs> what is the deal with these accents? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's Jerry Seinfeld, it's the voice, even Tim Allen. I mean, it's not the voice, but everybody, oh, 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 right. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's a gimmick of the nineties. And I kind of love that about that. Like all the TV personalities were so distinct. Cause you don't, I mean, this is the thing like outside of the nineties, like, I mean, we're, we're sort of the, the sitcoms kind of died now, but like, even you think of the two thousands, you know, how I met your mother, big bang theory, you know, these type of shows like, yeah, I can do knock, knock, penny, knock, knock, Penny, you know when it is. I can yeah. do a, you know, this is legend. Wait for it, dairy, and like talk about it. like you, mm -hmm. you're gonna like know certain lines. But I don't think that Big Bang Theory and How I Met Your Mother had like iconic voices. Like it was more just yeah, like, quotes, you know, bazinga, if, like things like that. If if you see Steve Carell, you're not gonna be like, oh, that voice of his. Yeah, I, I know that said. voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's the it's, lines, not the voice or anything. But yeah. uh, also, just the fact that this is so similar to the nanny. I mean. Th th it was probably a conscious effort that they made to make this very much like the nanny. Uh, but let's not knock the movie for that. I mean, this is kind of, you know, the nanny goes to Europe, but you imagine if they did a reboot of the nanny today, this would be the plot. Yeah. It would you know, be. How would you turn the plot of that show on its head, make it something different? You would send her off to a foreign country. Like just do this now, just remake Beautician the Beast. Cause I read one criticism of this in a review that said, Oh, it, it should have been a sitcom instead. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, yeah. I would love to see this as, I think this would actually work better as a sitcom, but it doesn't work bad as a movie. Well, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you, you you don't see a lot more outside of what Fran Dress's kind of character is. It's like you talk about Tim Allen, like 
think about every Tim Allen movie role he had in the 90s and every role that Tim Allen basically has, he's kind of the lovable goofball deadbeat yeah. dad in everything he's in. Like, I mean, exactly. Galaxy Quest, bit different. Buzz Lightyear, bit different. But like, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, the Santa Claus, he's a deadbeat, lovable dad. Jungle to jungle, he's the deadbeat, lovable dad. You know, like mm-hmm. he's the same in everything. And But that's but that's the appeal. That's why he has a fan base. And like, yeah. we're Pierce Brosnan fans, like, we're watching Pierce Brosnan in the November Man, you know, action movies. Mm-hmm. We're not watching Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia because that's not yeah. our Pierce. Hashtag not our Pierce Brosnan. Um, <laughs> although in, in Eurovision Story of Fire Saga, hashtag our Pierce Brosnan. I liked him in that. So, yeah. you, you, it's, but it's like it's with Timothy Dalton. People kind of have this, you, you use a four or against Dalton as Bond. It's kind of, there's no real middle ground. But I, yeah, like as you constantly say, and most people say, I don't think people criticize Timothy Dalton for comedic roles. Like I've, I've never heard mm-hmm. somebody go, oh, Timothy Dalton is Mr. Pricklepants. It's disgusting. Yeah. You know? So, and there's our, and there's our connection between Tim Allen and Timothy Dalton. They're both voices yeah. in Toy Story. Easy. Uh, I love it when she goes back to New York, the, uh, the the family, the extended family they bring in just randomly who have never been introduced before. I don't know if it's supposed to be an aunt or something at the party. So, Did you bring me back some wooden shoes? No. And it's like, she didn't even bring back wooden shoes and just walks away. Like, that's the only line this woman has in the movie. And then the guy, which you mentioned, I don't know, is it supposed to be an ex-boyfriend? Like, it would have helped if we were introduced to this character before. Yeah. But I thought when you were doing that nanny thing at the end, you were going to be singing their song from Rosemary's Baby, the musical year. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Rosemary. Don't keep me waiting. This embryo belongs to Satan. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> there's some there's some really clever stuff in this movie. A lot of it is very generic and, you know, just by the book. But some of the lines that they have in here are good. That you know, Some of the characters they have are decent. Uh, and it, it, it just has such a hallmark ending, though. Maybe it's because we're coming off of Christmas and Jamie and I spent way too much time watching and mocking all these Hallmark uh, movies. This same ending isn't played a million times over. I, I wish that uh, we had had an ending in the country itself. I mean, mm. this tiny location, maybe have have like a love actually ending, you know, where where. Uh, Hugh Grant's knocking on all the doors in the neighborhood and everything, or or the, the the kid running through the airport. Like this feels like the only thing that would have made this uh, a better ending would have been to be bigger. It's just so small. She's at the party. You think he's at the door? No, it's not him. And then she opens. Oh, he is here. Okay. Hey, would you like to marry me? Okay. Let's move back to Europe. Okay. It's a very nice, very nineties ending. Um, yeah, you, you know that, that that's kind of how it was. And actually, the guy at the end, I'm just reading here, who is this random boyfriend showing up? That is uh, the writer of this movie. That is uh, Todd. Oh, Brown. really? Um, so yeah, I'm seeing here he's writing credits. Nothing really here that I even heard of uh, prior to Beautician and the Beast. Wrote Angie, The Vanishing, Use People, and Fly by Night. Um, and then went on to write Camp, Band Slam, and Joyful Noise. So, um, <laughs> sure, but um, but he yeah. once upon a time he had a dream, a dream of a beautician and a beast. Oh, we should also <laughs> mention is is it maybe uh, the only thing in a Timothy Dalton movie worse than uh, must have scared the living daylights would be the line is like you are such a beast. <laughs> Okay, now I get the title. Thank you. Like that maybe could have done without that line. I, I wanted him to say, "You must have been the beautician and the yeah. beast, old buddy. Yes. Get up, stuff your orders." Uh, <laughs> just every single line being said uh, from that point on. 
Um, I, I keep thinking we're on the Oz Network here, but we're not. Um, <laughs> so we don't have to do everything we usually do. We'll say this movie was a bomb. Like, it, it, it did not do well. Um, it got... Uh, Fran Drescher got nominated for a Golden Raspberry for Worst Actress for this movie, which, again, is... Like, I, it was a trend. They would do this a lot, I feel, for, like, the, the sitcom actors. I think all the Friends people got that. But, like... Like, she's not that bad. Like, like even if yeah. you just put this as a standpoint of acting, she's just herself. Like, she's having fun in this movie. She's Fran Drescher. She's nothing different. I don't think she's acting bad. Uh, she lost to Demi Moore from G.I. Jane. Uh, also nominated the same year was Sandra Bullock in Speed 2 Cruise Control, Alicia Silverstone in Excess Baggage, and Lauren Holly, a dual oh. nominee for A Smile Like Yours and Turbulence. Oh, I like Turbulence. That was a good movie. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know about that, but I think that was the only Razzie it got nominated for. Um, what was the opening date of this movie? Uh, this opened up on uh, February 7, uh, 1997. So on the same weekend, it made $4 million on its opening weekend. It uh, opened the same ah, weekend as Dante's Peak. I see that, yeah. So Pierce Brosnan versus Timothy <laughs> Dalton. Why don't we talk about this? The Battle uh, of the Bonds Part 2. Bloody oath. Uh, Dante's Peak shattered in $18 million versus $4 million. Uh, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope 1997 Special Edition in Week 2 made $24 million. Yeah, and a re-release. Battle of the Bonds, a Vita in its seventh week. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, still oh. making $3 million. Uh, even more Battle of Bonds. The English Patient was still at number eight oh. in its 13th week. Battle of the Bond Rivals, Jerry Maguire in its ninth week. Uh, <laughs> doing well. Uh, so oh, Battle Space. of the Sitcom Stars, Scream. Yeah. Number five in its eighth week. Battle of the future people who would go on to be in a Looney Tune movie, Space Jam, <laughs> at 19 <laughs> in its 13th week. Um, More Battle of the Bonds. Fierce Creatures with John Cleese, number 17. <laughs> wow. This, this is what we're discovering here. February 7 to 9, 1997. Or the, <laughs> the undisclosed Battle of the Bonds, basically. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. Um, but this yeah, often derived as a pretty bad movie. But no, not that bad. No, it's um, not bad. If this was an Oz Network film, I, I would... I would nearly buy this movie, honestly. It's just, it's, it's yeah. harmless. It's harmless fun. Like it's such a nineties movie. Like yeah, there's nothing that's cringeworthy in it either. There are plot points where you're like, uh, that doesn't really work. There's a few jokes where it doesn't necessarily make you laugh out loud, but there are other jokes that do make you laugh out loud. I would consider like a, a bad movie, a Razzie worthy movie to be something like, the love guru where the jokes you're just like that's just terrible you know <laughs> there's nothing in this movie that's bad the, i mean the worst nominee for the golden raspberry this year the, the picture nominees he had speed 2 cruise control fire down below patman and robin which you and i have defended <laughs> over in the Oz network uh, a movie which i think you don't like but i actually like anaconda uh, oh yeah i don't like that. and the postman which won so uh that's kind of the what you were looking at that year um, but like, I think this is the thing with 90s films. Like at the time when films like this were the standard, maybe against all the other 90s films, this wasn't going to hold up. But like we can look back at this now 24 years ago when there's this nostalgia for 90s films and you kind of look at it differently and you're like, okay, that movie wasn't that bad. Like, it, you know, mm -hmm. it really, you know, it's just, it's an innocent little film that does what it does and, you know, it's not mm -hmm. going to win Oscars or be the greatest thing of all time, but it's enjoyable. And yeah. Colin's been somewhat positive on Timothy Dalton, so that's <laughs> what we get excited about. Uh, we have a few segments that we like to get to to close this out. Uh, 
Let's start off with this. Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Mr. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang, which, um, do we even have anything for this? <laughs> no, you know what? I, I wish that he would have killed his future son-in-law because then we could have had a kill count at least. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one, one, did they kiss in this movie? They do. They, well, the, the closing scene, they kiss. So I guess oh, that's right. Okay. Count one. That. One, no martinis and no Bond nope. James Bonds. Uh, so no, easy. we do have one in non-Bond films. <laughs> yeah, we do. So our total right now for kills is 18,006. Intimate Encounters <laughs> moves up to eight. Martinis still at zero and Bond James Bonds at one. Sorry, I just love the Zardog has us at 18,000 kills. <laughs> Yeah, it makes as much sense as that movie did. Um, let's go to this one. Rankings, Rankings. Um, just for people at home who wonder why we always repeat what you've just heard, it's so we can edit shit in and we know what yeah. we're talking about. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I guess we're ranking our uh, all the Bond, uh, the active ones, right? So kind of, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember. Zardoz. What, yeah. So what do we man have? Man from Hong Kong. I see this. Okay, here we go. Man from Hong Kong was your number one. The man from Haunt, who haunted himself, number two. Zardoz, number three. Exactly the same for both of us. We had them all mm. in the same order. I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say Beautician and the Beast, number one. I'm putting it at number really? one. I'm putting it ahead of the man from Hong Kong. I would rather watch Beautician and the Beast than Man from Hong Kong. Uh, I I wouldn't. Um, again, nothing against this movie. I just I loved the Man from Hong Kong. It was so absurd and so fantastic. Uh, sometimes for the wrong reasons, but it was great. Uh, I'm very torn because the man who haunted himself. I don't think it was quite as good as what we thought it was going to be with Roger Moore's opinion of it. But I think it was a, it was a more interesting movie than this. So. Uh, I might put, maybe I'll revisit this later, but I might put the man who haunted with himself, man who haunted with himself. <laughs> yep. That's a euphemism. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh, I'll put that slightly ahead of the Beautician and the Beast. But Zardoz is definitely last, despite the 18,000 something kills. <laughs> so Beautician Beauty and the Beast at number three? Oh. It is. It's Boo. not last. Boo. But I liked it still. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, let's. Uh, oh, we should have really played this before. Box office. And Peter Travers, he is a stupid idiot. But don't read his stuff. Yeah, Peter Travers and box office. We kind of <laughs> did that already. Um, but uh, did we mention this money made like $10 million on a $15 million budget? So, um, yeah. Yeah, cool. And I think we might have skipped box office for a couple of our last recaps. Well, well, I don't think we could find them anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which means that our final one, I think this is our last one. Oh, it's the whole, the whole with the classic scenes. Hall of Fame. Um, what are our Hall of Fame moments? Um, oh, wow. Um uh, well, we got we to gotta say that the uh, the classroom fire scene, uh, yeah. Mannequin's head getting caught on fire, sure. uh, save the rats. I like the, uh, the speech in front of the people that leads into Fran Drescher the doing her arms up. Yeah. yeah, that's a good scene. How would you describe that scene? The speech in front of the people that leads to Fran Drescher raising her Being Hitler. Fran Drescher being Hitler. Think hey. I, uh, <laughs> 
I think potentially we could go with the the science fair slash um, Romeo and Juliet West Side Story scene. I I kind of want one of the scenes when like he's like bickering with her, like you know you must always have the last word, and she's like oh eh, you know. Eh, eh. You know, and I also really like this scene. Um, I, we forgot to mention it in here where uh, it, she says, oh, I, I'm sorry, I'm speechless or something like that. It's like, oh, you have nothing to say. Someone call an ambulance. She has nothing to say. <laughs> she has nothing yeah, to declare. You, <laughs> nothing to declare. Uh, I don't, how would you narrow down the, the scenes, though? Um, see, I kind of like the first one when, like, you know, it's like, you can't not have it, the last thing to say. You want to say it right now. Like... I don't know first dialogue. Oh, I mean, the the breakfast scene's pretty good too. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, these aren't very Hall of Fame worthy, but again, there's nothing bad in the movie. <laughs> pick pick one, just pick one. I'll give it to you. Uh, uh let, let's go with breakfast. Breakfast. Just oh. for the, the the that's is that the belly button? Is as long as the yes. belly button's mentioned in there. Breakfast and belly button. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that works. I think we've covered all the segments, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Um. So, moving forward, we've got some exciting things happening here on, on 007. We, we tend to come out and say, like, hey, we're going to have an episode a month, and sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. We're going to actually have a, a fair few coming your way in the coming months because we're pretty excited for this, including interviews, which we always promise, uh, but we're, you know, we promise the world and deliver an atlas. Um, but I, I'm very intrigued for our next episode. We've got, a, we've got an interview with a director of a movie... That we may have just covered. We are interviewing Ken Quapis. <laughs> which, I mean, brief story. It just, we kind of reached out. We're like, okay, let's, you know, reach out to some people. And I just was randomly going, well, ah, director of Beautician of the Beast, why not? And this goes back to the point I said at the very beginning of this episode that it seems that like 24 years later, people are very keen to talk about this movie. Um, so, yeah, how are you about to feel talking to the director of, a, you know, our first ever director that we're going to interview on 007 that actually didn't direct a Bond film but a Bond actor? So it counts still. You know what has me excited about it is the fact that this was Fran Drescher's maybe one starring role ever. Uh, so being able to, I guess, introduce Fran Drescher as a leading lady in a movie, but also this is the man who brought Timothy Dalton to comedy, which uh, mm. I'm interested to hear his opinions on that. But plus a lot of the other stuff that we ran down earlier on, the man directed the first ever and for a long time, the only Sesame Street you know, live action cinematic film. Uh, he directed Parks and Recreation, The Office, uh, Sister of the Traveling Pants. I'm sure my wife's got a couple questions on that one in the upcoming sequel. Uh, but uh, whether it's Bond or maybe we could ask him what he would do if he ever got a Bond movie. Yeah, well, we will try our very best to make it as Bond Ian as we can. But uh, no, not seriously. We're we we're excited for this, and it will be very interesting actually to kind of have this. This will be the closest we ever get to Timothy Dalton. Well, I guess we interviewed Robert Darby, but the second closest we'll get to Timothy. I mean, Robert Darby didn't tell Timothy Dalton what to do in License to Kill, whereas uh, I bet he did. Probably, yeah. That that would be very He's Robert, Robert Darby. Darby. But uh, King But after that. Plenty of other things come. I don't want to give anything away, but we have other interviews, including, I just want to say this right now, Colin's rolling his eyes. I am telling you now that we will have someone on this show who was in the movie that has this song in it. I'm not joking. We have a Die Another Day actor lined up to appear on this show. Um, Wait a second. Ben, Ben, what song was that again? Yes. That one, yes, and 
And Pierce, who would have been better doing that theme song? Shirley Bassey. No. Shirley Bassey and no. Noah. Noah, what what do you oh, think God. of it? I'm very wet right now. Slow down, it I makes you wet. <laughs> Fuck, stop. Uh, um, having said that, though, uh, Colin, remind me of your thoughts on Madonna being in scenes. Give us Madonna in this sequence and I'm okay with it. There we go. Okay, good to know. Um... But yes, no, we I, I won't say who, but we will have someone coming up from Die Another Day. And we've actually, with that interview, we may have a couple of back-to-back Die Another Day related episodes, which yeah. uh, Colin's not happy about, but I don't give a fuck. <laughs> he doesn't have to show up. I can put them out. <laughs> so get excited. Our next uh, Bond actor film recap will be uh, November Man, which I have never seen. I'm oh, hoping yeah, it's about that. a man who hangs out in November. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> It's Pierce Brosnan. It's very Bond-like. It's Olga Korolenko, better than she was in Quantum of Solace. It might as well be a Bond movie. Well, there you go. Which, I mean, Pierce Brosnan, I, I would watch him watch paint dry, except if it was in Mamma Mia. Um, and also, we will have a commentary <laughs> at some point to watch a Quantum of Solace. Speaking of uh, Quantum of Solace, our next commentary is Quantum of Solace. So, yippee. Um, so, <laughs> I'm excited to close out the Craig films with not Spectre, because we're still going to do that for last <laughs> Um, we have Patreon. We haven't mentioned that at all. Sign up to Patreon. It would be good if you did because it's good if you could do it. Um, and do we have anything else that we need to plug, Colin? I can't remember. The, the Oz Network. The <laughs> Australian Survivor. The qualifying lap. The qualifying lap. May return in 2021. Who knows? Uh, but no, this is the Beautician and the Beast. We're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to speaking to Ken next episode. So get excited for that one. Uh, I will close out by saying my name is Ben. <laughs> uh, and my name is Colin and Yellow Flowers. Good, good. I am not having my belly button talk. What is some what? mayonnaise? We finished him. It's all gone. Where is it? I had to scrape for this. Give it me. Oh, all right. I'll give it to you. Give it to you. Here you go. Hmm. This is a special place. Was it special for someone else, too? It's where I slaughtered my first cow. Huh? Hi, Václav. Good morning, Miss Miller. Know him? Sure, that's Václav. He must be No, he's been working here 50 years. Oh, Václav. He changed his hat. I'm not criminal. Look, I have suit. I love you, Ro. Don't keep me waiting. This embryo belongs to Satan. Oh, that was great! (laughs) Tell me about your vacation. Oh, I wasn't on vacation. I... Did you bring back wooden shoes? No, she didn't even bring back wooden shoes. Wait, go back. You were wrong. So that would make me right. Right, right, right. Yes. Don't do the thing. But I wouldn't have been able to sleep around. Ah, here we go. Let's see. Oh, nuclear disarmament meeting. That you should go to. NATO, NATO. Well, I see a point. All I want to do is have sex. Sex, sex, and more sex. It was a voice like that. Ah!
So what if those windows are 12th century? Can't we put screens on them? Ow! Oh. Let this serve as a warning that we will not tolerate any assault. Peace law, democratic government of Slovitsia! Meet Mr. Pricklepants. Shh! I'm trying to stay in character. He's a master of the theatrical arts. Are you classically trained? And he's a hedgehog <clears throat> who wears lederhosen. Well, excuse me. It's showtime. <laughs>